Hallelujah, hallelujah. I believe God has a special word for us here today. We're going to read from Exodus 14. If you would, we're going to stand for the reading of God's word. It's your one last time to stretch them legs before I preach for about three hours. So Everybody's laughing because they know I don't preach that long. Hey, I do want to say welcome to the visitors. I mentioned some, some that's not so much visiting. We know your faces. Good to see you guys again and happy to be missed you guys. Love you guys. Would you give them a big hand for choosing TFT today? Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to remit, uh, read a familiar story today, and uh, we're, we're going to get into something I believe God gave us this week. Exodus 14 and verse number 10. It says, I'm reading from the New King James Version. And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. So they were very afraid. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Do you know what? When you're afraid, that's the time. You better start crying out. Cry out to the Lord. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Uh-oh, we got problems here. Why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. What they're really saying is, we, we say this a lot of times ourselves, what good is it being a Christian? What good is it following you, Moses? What good is it following you, God, when here I am in this bad situation right now? Why couldn't I just die in my sins? Why, I mean, look, I'm trying to live for you now, and things are going wrong. What, what's going on? Verse 13. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Hallelujah. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall... Hold your peace. Today I want to preach with the thought, what chariots are following you? What chariots are chasing you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. We understand, Father, it's already anointed, and I thank you for that. I ask you, Lord, to anoint my lips of clay, Lord, that I may minister your word and say the things you want me to say. I ask you to anoint our ears and our eyes to see and to hear what you would have to say to us today. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the shadow of the cross, Lord. Don't let anyone see me, but let them see Jesus today. <laughs> Father, I ask you, Lord, to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Cried so much, I run that box of tissues out. I got to get a new one. Of all the things to inherit from your parents, I got the crying from my dad. Hallelujah. I want to ask the question today what are you the most afraid of? I know during COVID-19, we've got all sorts of sermons. I've preached a sermon or two about being afraid, and this is not necessarily about that today. I may mention it later on. But what are you afraid of? 
Think about it a minute. What are you afraid of? It usually depends on the circumstances. I'm scared of snakes, but I'm not scared to kill them. I got people that call me all the time. Well, all the time. I have people call me occasionally say, we have a snake over here. Will you come kill it? Because they know I'm scared of them, but I'm going to kill them because I don't want them to reproduce. I'm trying to eliminate them for God. We don't understand. I said this, I think, last week. We don't understand why God created some things, but he did, and so they're there. I know tomorrow starts a, a popular show on television on a, the Discovery Channel, I believe. Shark Week. How many's ever heard of that? Oh, I've got some shark stories. I'm just telling you. I love the beach, but I'm not necessarily afraid of sharks. I'm more afraid of them biting me. I'm just being truthful. What scares me the most is them biting me until I die. So there's different levels of being scared, and that's, that would probably be the worst one right there. But other than that, I'm really not afraid of sharks. Years ago, I was in Key West, Florida. And if you didn't know, it's the southernmost key down in Florida, and you're only 90 miles from uh, Cuba and Fidel Castro at the time when I was down there. My brother-in-law was with us, and he asked me to snorkel out to a reef. And he said, it's beautiful. He'd already been out there. He's trying to let me know it's beautiful. You, you need to come out there. And me, being dumb, like, okay, that sounds like a good idea. Sometimes we, we have that dumb idea of friend or family member. And he was that day. He's not a dumb person, but he was that day to me. He's like, I should have never went out there. I put the snorkel on. I began to swim where he was, and it was pretty far out there. I mean, it was, I could still see him, but it was a long ways out there. I began to swim towards the reef, looking down with my goggles, enjoying what I could see, seeing the sand. I could see little fish. I could see different things. And I was just kicking and just snorkeling, and I just thought I was, you know, what, what's the guy that died with the stingray thing? Steve Irwin. I thought I was Steve Irwin. I was out there swimming with the with wildlife, you know, that's who I thought I was. Every once in a while, I'd look up to see how close I was getting, and it was like, it was there, I'm swimming there, and I swim, 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 and after a while, I look up, and it's there, and I'm over here now, and I'm just like, well, what in the world? And so I, I keep swimming, I know I've got, I got to go in a straight line. I just think I'm just drifting off, you know, just looking and drifting off. That wasn't the case. Every time I looked up, I was drifting farther from the reef. So I swam as hard as I could straight. Bo, I, I went right after it, man. You know me. I went right out. You know, I can do this. You know, I'm a bodybuilder. I can do this. I've watched Greg Luganis. I know how to do this. I was, I was swimming hard. When I rose up to see where I was at, I knew I was just right there at it. I knew it just had to be right there in front of me, but it wasn't. I was drifting closer and closer to Cuba. I, I was getting out there, man. I was, I was out there. I got scared. I got scared just a little bit. Oh, by the way, I was only in four foot of water, so I stood up. Finally, I got smart and took them things off and started walking back to the beach. 
but it scared me. Where I thought I was going, where I thought I was supposed to be going, all of a sudden I drifted, kept drifting, and I wasn't getting to where I was supposed to be going. Over the years, I tell that story, and I tell the story to my boys. It grew bigger and bigger. Teasingly, I tell my boys I was almost to Cuba, and I had to swim back, and I was fighting sharks right and left, and it was just a, it was a mess. But the truth is, after swimming just as hard as I could, then realized I hadn't gained on my goal, the reef. I was actually drifting in what I thought was danger. It scared me. I set up because what I thought was going straight, all of a sudden I was down the coastline, and it scared me. And I was quite a ways down the coastline. I was still next to the coast standing up in sand, but I'm still down the coastline. I could see Shelly and them way up there. I could see the reef was now way over there. and I, It was scary. I'm being transparent. Don't judge me. I was afraid I'd drift out into the depths of the ocean and jaws would bite me, carry me off. I even remember one time as a child, I was swimming in an in-ground swimming pool. And I was just swimming, swimming, swimming. And all of a sudden, fear come over me. What if there was a shark in here? Although I'd walked all around that pool and it was perfectly clear, I could see the bottom. I got in there and I'd shut my eyes and begin to swim. And I got to thinking, what if there's a snake in here? What if there's a shark in here? Anybody, anybody do that? Crocodile? I mean, something? Had this world remained a perfect paradise, created as God created it to be, there'd be no fear. There'd be no reason to fear animals. But yet, I have my fears. Animals would give us no reason to fear them. Sin wouldn't be here. Problems wouldn't exist. But now with everything that goes on, there's plenty of things for us to worry about and to be fearful about. Amen? Not that we're supposed to, but there's plenty of things for us to be fearful about. Fortunately, for us that are believers, we have the antidote. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. 2 Timothy 1.7 has probably been quoted more in the last six months than it ever has before in all history. For God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Praise the Lord. Do you know what? It doesn't matter how old this scripture is. It doesn't matter how many times it gets told. It's still the truth of God's word. It's still the anointed word of God. God did not give us the spirit of fear. Hallelujah. He didn't give us the spirit of fear over sharks in the ocean. But he did give me the smarts to stay closer to shore. The older I get, the lower the water comes to my legs. It used to go up to, it was like waist deep. Now it's down to the ankles, and I'm still looking for that octopus to pull me in. We don't need to fear. The world wants to push a vaccine right now when God has the antidote. Hallelujah. God has the antidote. When we have God, we have the antidote. When we have fear, God prescribes faith. Hallelujah. I'm so glad today. I'm sitting there preaching about antidotes today, and we got people in the medical fields that are here today. I'm so glad that they're here. So that you, you can call me out after service. Brother Ron, you can call me out after service and let me know if I'm telling it right, okay? <laughs> Sister Brenda. Hallelujah. Guess what? When we read the Bible, well, first of all, it's easy for us to criticize anyone, isn't it? It's easy for us to criticize. You know the one thing that a man should not do? 
is criticize his wife's clothes. Shelly, every Sunday morning, lets Satan use her to tempt me to say the wrong thing. That may not be totally true, but she comes out, she goes, does this look good? And usually it's with the pose. <laughs> Something about the feet, they have to do. <laughs> Don't ever do that again. Something about that, that's what she does. And then she'll bring me, you know, she has this closet, there's 55 holes with shoes in them on this wall, and she'll bring a pair of shoes out. She goes, these shoes or these shoes or these shoes? Sometimes she even wears mismatching shoes to show me what they look like in the dress. Never say it looks bad. I've learned, Bo, I've learned some things. I think this one looks better than that one. That gets you in every time because it looks good. That one looks good right there. Now, if she would say, I like this one better, I'd say, that one looks good too. I like that one. It's easy for us to criticize. My brother, he does it in a joking manner. He sees a big fat guy in Ohio walking down the road, and he goes, he tells this kid, say, hey, when did your Uncle Drew get here? I said, that's not very nice. And then he started doing it when I'm there. He goes, hey, I thought your Uncle Drew was with us. There he is. He's just joking. But it's easy for us to criticize, isn't it? It's easy to criticize from a distance. It's always easier to point a finger at political figures and decision makers and point the finger and say, I wouldn't have done it that way. I wouldn't have done it that way. I did it different." Leaders of congregations, children's pastors, you know what? I wouldn't have got them wet on the first Sunday. She's walking on dangerous ice there. New children's pastor and all of a sudden she's getting them wet. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to criticize. From the outside looking in, the choices seem simple and the right decision appears to be obvious. And sometimes we criticize. It's easy to criticize. It's easy to criticize people in the Bible. How many knew, I'm going I'm to tell you the truth right here, going to help you out. How many knew the Israelites did not have the King James Version of the Bible when they were walking through this? I think sometimes we forget that. What's wrong with them? All they got to do is look at the Bible and if you told them, you know, I ask the same question about us sometimes. What's wrong with us? We have the Bible. We see the stories. We understand God's promises, but yet we're fearful. We're afraid of things. Mm. I read the scripture sometimes. I, I ask this question. What is wrong with these people? God delivers them from so much. What is wrong with these people? They see the chariots coming. They see Egypt's, Egyptian army coming. Out, and now they're fearful. They're afraid. And now they're, they're getting on to Moses and everything. You wonder, what's wrong with these people? Consider the circumstances. The people of Israel was enslaved in Egypt. And it suffered tremendously under Pharaoh. Not only had they been forced into hard labor, but the Pharaoh was so afraid of them at one point that he ordered every male-born baby to be put to death. That's some terror right there. We think that Walmart closing at 8 o'clock, I don't know how I'm going to live through this. Taco Bell, dine-in is not open. God, is the world coming to an end? It's easy to criticize Israelites. The Israelites had lived under a reign of terror that we can't imagine. Then they did the right thing, though. What'd they do? They cried out to God. They cried out to God. They trusted that the Lord not only could, 
but would deliver them from their bondage. So many times we see things coming at us. We th- see things going wrong. We, we see bills coming in. We, all these different things. What are we doing about it? Are we criticizing? Are we going to God? Are we crying out to God? Ask yourself that question. Don't make me ask you that. You ask yourself that question. And guess what? The Lord answered their prayers. He answered the Israelites' prayers. We all know the story. He sent his servant Moses to speak to Pharaoh on their behalf, and Pharaoh refused to listen. So the Lord unleashed his power by sending ten terrible plagues on the Egyptians so that finally the Pharaoh said, get out. I'm done. Get out. He's had enough. It always amazed me reading them stories, why he would go through all them things. But he finally says, get out. And they did. At least they were nearly out. The Lord led them to the edge of the Red Sea, and that's when they saw the Egyptians. God leads us to places sometimes, and we come to what seems like a dead end, and we can see the chariots coming after us. I'm I'm preaching to us today. Sometimes we're just like these Israelites. Things are coming from behind. We're thinking, what in the world is going on? I thought God delivered me from that. I didn't think I was going to have to deal with them anymore. God saved me from that. God delivered me from that. And now look what's on my doorstep again. Drugs are tempting me again. Alcohol is tempting me again. Pornography is tempting me again. What is going on? These chariots are chasing me. Lord, help us. Exodus 14 and 7 tells us, an army of the Egyptian led by more than 600 chariots. That was a battle tank of their era. They were coming for them. It must have been a terrifying sight. Matter of fact, in God's word translation, translation it says they were terrified. I think King James says they were sore afraid. I would have been saying, scaredy cat. And then they asked Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us into the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt, Moses? We do the same thing. God, what are you doing? What is going on? Where is that hedge of protection? Apparently, they've got hedge clippers, God. What is going on here? Don't act so holy. Come on. We're all there. Didn't we say to you, Moses... We said this in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. And again, we're the same way. We think, wow, why am I trying to do things right? Because it just seems like the same old end. The same old thing is chasing me. These chariots are chasing me. Why do I even try anymore? The fear, unbelief, and anger of the people who had witnessed God's miraculous miracles in the land of Egypt was now complaining to Moses but what they're really doing is complaining about God. Lord, help us. You better say amen or I'm going to think it's you. Have you complained about God before? I have. I have. Maybe, maybe not just directly. Say, God, what are you doing? But when I start questioning his plan, when I start questioning what's going on in my life and I don't understand, and there's plenty I don't understand, but it's just, instead of just saying, God, I don't understand, but I know you're in control. I know you know what's chasing me. I know you know what's behind me. Father, I'm trusting you for what's before me. I see a dead end, Father, but you're still working when I don't even see it. You're still doing things behind the scenes. I can't even imagine. You're still working for Drew because you love me. You care about me, and I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust in you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When I read this, I say, what's wrong with these people? 
Isn't that what you want to say when you read a story like that? What's wrong with them? God just delivered them from something, and here they are looking at, what, looking at the circumstances. 600 chariots breathing down their neck. I'd be telling them, listen here, Israelites. You're the ones who cried out to the Lord for deliverance. Don't you remember what it was like there? Don't you remember watching your baby boys slaughtered before your eyes? What's the matter with you? Don't you remember the plagues that didn't touch you? The bloody river, the frogs, lice, flies, death of cattle, boils, hail, locusts, darkness, and the death of the firstborn? And it didn't affect you? What's wrong with you? Why can't you remember the miracles of God that just happened to you? What God delivered you from already? We get judgmental. We criticize. But isn't that what we'd say to them? Isn't that what you'd have said to Moses if you were Moses and you'd talking to him? What's wrong with you guys? You know what we just come from. Before we point our fingers at Israel, we need to realize just maybe, 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 maybe we ought to look at our own situations. We have the Bible. We have the Bible. We see the stories. We see the promises of God. But we have fear that's chasing us. And we need to learn a lesson right here. What chariots are chasing you today? We forget all the times in the past when the Lord has provided for us and delivered us. We forget all the times God bailed us out even when we were not obeying his voice. We forget all the times that God spared our lives in an accident, a car accident we should have been in because we're driving like an idiot trying to get somewhere where you didn't even have to be on time to. That was to me. What chariots are chasing you? We forget all the times that we were sick and thought we were going to die. I remember in my dad's house laying on the autumn one day. Charlie, I'm such a baby. What was it? It was a kidney stone. Never had a kidney stone in my life. I had a kidney stone. Dr. Shelley diagnosed. I didn't even go see the doctor. She's had them before. She knew what they were. She goes, you're having a kidney stone. Talked to Dr. Mom and Dad, and they said the same thing. And so I'm laying on the ottoman. I'm crying out, God, if you can't deliver me from this pain, just kill me. Amen. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Jesus Christ. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boy. There's nothing you can do. There's no works you can do. There's nothing you can do to deserve God's grace, his mercy, his deliverance. But guess what? He loves you. He loves you. He's going to deliver you. He's going to deliver you out of your situation. We forget all the times in the Bible the Lord promises to provide for us and to deliver us from what, from the things that He knows that's not best for us. Instead, we focus on whatever chariots are chasing us. 
what chariots are chasing you today. How should God respond to us? We say things like, but God, it's different than the Israelites. We're in, we're in a different time. We're in a different. God, you don't understand the weapons the world has now. You don't understand the diseases going on right now. God, you don't understand. Really? Every time you start to feel sorry for yourself and tell God these things, think of this sermon. Really? God don't understand? God knows everything that's going on. If he can number the hairs on your head, I think he, can, he knows what's going on. And it's not the hairs on one person's head or two or three. It's everyone. Really? Help us, Jesus. God, it's different than what the Israelites face. They didn't have all the trouble that I have. They didn't have all the bills that I have. They were living in tents and dragging people through the desert. They didn't have all these bills. They didn't have a creditor after them, God. They don't know what I'm facing. My boys don't believe in the mafia, and I love watching them old mafia movies. And, and I still, you know, I'll just tell you, I still believe the mafia is going today. It's out on Facebook. I still believe you guys are there. I do. I do. I was, I was watching some organized crime show the other day, and, and it was just history. It wasn't a, wasn't a show I was watching. Now I forget what I was telling you. I just, just told you that. I don't know why. Uh, I get back to my notes. Maybe I'll figure out why I told you that. Oh, I, I said, we didn't have the bad family or the unfair circumstances. I, it made me think of them gangsters. They were going in shooting people and everything. We, most of us don't deal with that even today. But I can't hear people say, you know what? You wasn't raised like I was raised. You was raised in a preacher's house. You had it good. I did. I did have it good. That doesn't mean I wasn't tempted. That doesn't mean I don't have things chasing me. We have trouble. The Israelites had trouble. Who could blame God if he simply said, I'm done with you. I keep delivering you. I keep doing things for you. But no matter how many times I prove my love and my power... Here you are failing me, and you're not trusting me. There's unbelief. There's fear. What, what's wrong? Can you hear God saying that today to us? Who could blame God for saying that? I'm not saying he did say that. I said, who could blame God for saying that if he did? Let me, let me tell you this. Don't you hate somebody that doesn't trust you? I do. Not hate, hate like I, I want you to die. I'm just talking, don't you just, just disgust you when you tell somebody, you tell them something that they just don't believe you. You're like, don't walk out that door, the sun is shining. They walk out, I, I didn't realize that. Really? I just told you the sun was shining outside that door. My boys, I think they must have been from Missouri. Missouri the Missouri motto is show me state. Got to prove to me everything. I say something to my kids, and they're like, are, are you sure about that, Dad? One of the things I teach them all the time, we never start a sentence with no. Because so I'll say, hey, did you know something, something? And they go, no, it's this, this, this. Like, oh, don't do that. Don't start a sentence off with no. That aggravates me quicker than anything. You say, Dad, I don't believe, or I thought it was this. Don't you start off correcting me and say, nope, you're wrong. You're wrong, Dad. You're stupid. <laughs> Sorry. How does God feel? Something's chasing us, and instead of going with him with faith and believing in him, the first thing we want to do is 
our actions speak louder than words. We start trying to do everything in our own power. We, we start complaining, wondering what's going on. Back to my boys. My boys, when they were young, they believed everything I said. I told this on the bus uh, yesterday coming home. I, I tell my boys, I said, now, boys, this is when they were small. I said, if you see me in a fight with a bear, you jump in and help that bear. They believed me. They thought I was the toughest dad in the world. I, we're going to have to help Yogi. He's, he's going to be in trouble if I don't get in there and help him. They still think I wrote the song Happy Birthday. When they were kids, I'd tell them, oh, yeah, I wrote that song. I wrote, I wrote Happy Birthday because they knew I wrote songs. They said, Dad, did you write this? Did you write that? I said, oh, I wrote that one right there. I'm just kidding. They think I wrote half the hymnal, though. So Our, ch- our children, when they were kids, they trusted us. They listened to us. Whatever we were saying when they were young, they did it. God would have been well within his rights to have said to the Israelites, forget it. I'm just going to leave you to the Egyptians. Whatever they do to you is fine by me. I'm tired of you not believing me. Can I tell you that fear chases our faith away? Fear chases our faith away. What chariots are chasing you today? What army is in hot pursuit of you today? What problems are you facing that looks insurmountable? God already knows and has planned in a way of escape for you from your enemy. Hallelujah. Moses simply answered the people, do not be afraid. I believe God is saying the same thing to his church today. Do not fear. It is I. <laughs> I love it when he says it's I or he's the I am. Don't be afraid. I am your rock. I am your refuge. I am your high tower. I am your deliverer. I am your promise keeper. I am your savior. In every situation, I am your God. Hallelujah. He is the I am. He is the one who forgives you of all your iniquities, who heals you of all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I want that. Amen. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are opposed or oppressed. I'm sorry. And he made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. That's Psalms 103. God has our answer. God cares about it. God loves you. He's not taken surprise by the things that are chasing at the chariots that are chasing at He's not taken by surprise when COVID-19 hopped on the scene and caused panic and fear to come to the, to the world. I started to say to the United States, to the world. Every preacher in the world today should be preaching this statement. Fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid. Stop worrying about what's chasing you. Stop worrying about your problems. Stop worrying about the politicians. Stop worrying about the elections. Stop worrying about Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Hallelujah. Stop worrying about COVID-19. Stop worrying about your problems and put your belief in God and put your unbelief to the side. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a good hand. Give the Lord a good hand. Father, we believe. We believe. Stand still or stand firm in God and you will see the salvation of the Lord. You'll see the deliverance of the Lord that he will bring to you today. Hallelujah. Shelly, would you come back? The Egyptians see you today. The Egyptians, in the word of God, it says the Egyptians that you're seeing here today, you won't see them any longer. 
Hallelujah. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. One of the hardest things we ever do is be still. We didn't grow out of it when we were kids. As kids, somebody say, be still. We just couldn't. We couldn't be still. I'm telling you what, I never got tested for whatever that is where the kids are always bouncing around. I would have had like a double portion of that, whatever that is. But ADHD, there you go. I've been drinking that medicine like a, a slush. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't God's love remarkable? His patience is remarkable. He's waiting for you and I. The call in the name of the Lord. Stop the complaining. Stop the arguing. Stop the worrying. Stop the fear. Put the unbelief to the side. And come to God. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. Hallelujah. He would deliver them in spite of their sins, in spite of their doubts, in spite of their fears. We have a friend that wrote a song years ago. April Nye is her name. And she wrote the song, He Loves Me. In spite of myself. I could say that and sing that song over and over and over. All the things. When I would hurt him. When my unbelief would show forth. When my fear for what I was facing would come to the top. He still loved me in spite of myself. In spite of my wrongdoing. In in spite of my stinking thinking. He still loves me. He loves me in spite of myself. The Lord wanted them to understand that their deliverance was from their enemy was not because of they were worthy of deliverance. It was not because of how strong their faith was. It was because of how good their God is. We've got to place our trust in Jesus. Our focus has got to be on Jesus, not on what we can do, how many times we can go to church, how many times we can read the Bible, how many scriptures we can remember, and all them things may be good. You still didn't deserve his love. You still don't deserve his patience. You still don't deserve anything from God, but he loves us in spite of ourselves. What is chasing you today? What chariots are chasing you today? What is that fear that's just nagging at you constantly? Over and over. It may be family. Maybe a husband. Maybe a wife. Maybe finances. Maybe health. Emotions. What chariots are chasing you today? Would you stand with me?